You guys doing good? Good. Well, hopefully we'll get to some of the stuff with the house and the remodel. And and there was some stuff that went on in it that looking at it, there was a couple of areas that I saw as it happened looking back that I just want to touch on because I think it really helped us to be able to have the testimony that we had about God coming through again and again and again on our behalf. And so I want to start you out with First Peter chapter 5. And unless I designate, it'll be the King James. And we're going to go to verse 6 through 9. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Well, as I was reading that and, uh, you know, I, I grew up in church and I know the right answer. But when you look at that and you hear people say, cast all your care over on the Lord, for he cares for you. From the out of this religious group, if care is bad, why does God have it? If we're not supposed to have it, why does God take it and have it? And so I was sitting there trying to run through it for people that haven't grown up. You and I, we've heard from Brother Moore enough. We know that the care that he's talking about casting over is an anxious thought or an anxious worry kind of care. And we know that the care that God cares for us with is a loving care. It's a care like a father when the child starts to reach for the stove and he grabs them and stops them. That's a loving, nurturing care. But we know that's kind of different. But when you look at it in the world and... We talk about, well, care's bad and you shouldn't have it, but God has it. Why does God have bad stuff if God's only a good God? And so I was sitting there going, how do you explain that to anybody that's outside of church? That grew up maybe not being in church all your life. You know, we grow up and we learn the right words. We were in a camp one time and they told us to help the kids and teach them about salvation, but don't use the word saved or repent. Wow. I grew up in church. That's the only way I know how to talk about it. But you see, we've got so many religious thoughts and religious words. And, and this um, care, this word, it means... When I looked it up, because I don't know that I fully understood until the last few days, the first one, cast all your care upon the Lord. I always understood it, the anxious thought or worry or dread. Well, if you look at the vines and the thayers, it says to be drawn in a different direction. And I that really helped me because... The anxious thought, and then it goes right into the devil as a roaring lion seeks whom he may devour. Well, if you look at it from that way, the devil is going around trying to draw you in a different direction. They don't attack the pack and the herd. They try to draw one in a different direction. They try to separate one in a different direction. And then they go after that one because he's all alone and there's no strength there. And so when I was reading it and I was looking at it, I was like, oh, my lands, I have never seen it that way. I have taught on that about the roaring lion and the roar of a lion never hurts anybody. 
get you some goosebumps and your heart racing. But the roars never hurt anybody. When you go to the zoo and you're looking at the lion and he roars, when you're in the zoo and he's behind the cage and you're pretty sure it's safe, it doesn't really bother you when he roars. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you hear a roar, you don't know if it's somebody's pet or if it's somebody that's hungry. So there's a different emotion and a different feeling. That's that kind of care, that being separated off by yourself. And then the devil, you're in his playground, so to speak. He's tried to separate you and draw you in a different direction. And so when I was looking at that, I was like, well, I've never seen it that way before. So where did this word come into play? And so I was going down through there and... uh The first time that I could find this word, care, um, is when Jesus was on the Sermon on the Mount. And I would have never put those two together until you look at the actual Greek word. In Matthew chapter 6, if you want to go there, we use these all the time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And we're going to go kind of skipping through to about 34, but in verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Take thought is the same word as care in the other one. Therefore, take no thought, no worried thought. We hear it from Brother Moore all the time. Take no worried thought about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll, you'll um, yet for your body, what you'll put on. Go on to 26. The fowls are clothed. Go on to 27. Which of you, by taking thought, same word, can add one cubit to your stature? So that thought... That worry, does it help you? You can't grow anymore. You can't add anything to you by worrying or by having that anxious thought. But the devil can pull you aside, get you to look in a different direction, get you to focus on something other than what the Lord has told you. Go on to verse 31. I'm sorry, let's go to 28 first. And why take thought... For raiment. Now go to 31. Therefore take no thought, saying what shall you eat, or what shall you drink, or what you'll be clothed in. Then go to verse 33. So he's saying over and over, this is Jesus on the mount preaching one of the the main sermons we always talk about, and he's telling you, don't get drawn away. Don't get drawn away. Don't let the devil draw you away. Stay on course. And then he goes right into, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things we're not supposed to be drawn away with, all of the things the devil's dangling in front of you like a carrot, all of those things, if we'll just stay the course and we won't get drawn away by them, God will put them in front of us and we'll receive them anyway. Glory to God. Then if you go down to verse 34, take therefore no thought, one more time, for the morrow... For tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. You see, Jesus, when he got up and he spoke the Sermon on the Mount, he takes off telling us, don't get sidetracked. Um, One of those is uh, distracting care. And you see, with, with us... We're like, oh, no, no, I'm not really worried about it. I just care about them. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're still, you're still worrying. Or no, no, I'm not, I'm, not in, I'm not anxious. I just worry sometimes. You see, we have all of these nice rounded ways to be able to say, I'm beside myself with worry and fear. <laughs> but I'm in faith. 
Well, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Um, and we'll get back to some more of this. But with like building this bedroom remodel. Well, we had planned everything. We had set everything up. We had bids for all of this stuff. And then when we started it, um, the first thing you need really is an excavator and a concrete guy. And I had talked to a guy for months. And right about the time we were getting ready to dig, he goes, you know what? I'm not going to do that. And so he stepped back. And we didn't have a concrete guy. Well, it's really hard to build from the ground up without a concrete guy. And so we heard cares about, oh, everybody's three or four months out. You can't get anybody good inside of three or four months. You can't get anybody good because everybody's busy. Some people are six months out. Do you hear all of the cares and the distracting thoughts? And so what we had to do was to lay that aside. We called people. They were that far out. We talked to a couple other people. The guy that was going to do it for us had three or four other people that were really good that he tried to get us to use because he felt bad bailing out, but he was covered up with work and he didn't want to lose a builder that builds 30, 40, 50 houses a year to do one foundation. And so he tried to help us, but all of those people were too busy. They were too far out. And so we had to get together with Dan and we thought, you know what? We're going to drive and we're going to believe God that we find somebody that can get to us. So we took off and we drove around and we went to to some homes and I won't tell you where. Um, We went to some homes and we drove down the road and Dan's like, concrete guys are there you want to go see them i said no i can see their work from here and we don't want to stop keep going and so we drove around to some other stuff found another crew kind of in the same area it looked just like the last one when you look across it and you try to plane it you either can't see the back wall or you see the back wall really good So the concrete's either running uphill where you can't see the back wall or it's running downhill where you can see the back wall really good with a belly in it. If you put a water hose on it, it probably looked like a minor pool system. And so we're driving through there. We're like, no, we're not stopping. No, we're not stopping. Well, Miss Moore's texting us saying, did you find somebody? What have you found? Anxious thoughts. Okay, we have to get somebody. And so the devil's trying to get you to steer away from what the Moors had heard from God to build this. Our job's to help the Moors. Well, once they hear from the Lord on something, I don't have to hear a whole lot. The Lord told me, help the Moors. That's really simple. That's why I have that part. They get all of the other detail stuff. I get help the Moors. So when they come out and they go, oh, we're going to build this, I go, praise the Lord, let's build it. I don't have to get all of this. I had my three words, help the Moors. I'm real good with that kind of stuff. So we're, we're getting a deviation with care. And it's real easy when you get that to go, well, ma'am, We've seen a bunch of stuff. The work we have seen you won't like. And these people are this far out. And these people... Sounds a lot like a groan amoni. <laughs> Did you guys ever go to a church where somebody stood up and said, Oh, the devil beat me up here and here and here and here and here and here. and But bless God, I made it to church. We called them groan amonies. Magnified the enemy for a little while and then praised the Lord at the end. Well, that's kind of what that is. You told us... We're supposed to build this. You heard from the Lord. We're supposed to put this in. We're going to tell you a different report. So we had to get in faith and we came to another subdivision. We saw some really good work. Talked to the block guy there and he goes, oh, that's, you know, our friend. And so we went around, we found him, found where he was at. He said he was too busy. And, but it seemed good. And we talked about it and we're like, yeah, but... Could you maybe fit it in sometime? 
he goes, well, I've got these builders and we got this much time. And, but if you could do it on a Saturday, we could come over on a Saturday. So the Lord provided for us because we didn't get, we didn't lose sight of the goal. We didn't get sidetracked and have to wait two or three months to get somebody else or weeks and weeks to do that. The Lord kept us on track and we tried to not get sidetracked. We tried to cast all of our care of all of this junk over on the Lord and stay on what the Moors heard from the Lord. And we got a concrete guy. And it took a couple of Saturdays, but he showed up. He did his job. It's great. They did great work. And we moved right on to the next step. Well, as I was looking at all of these steps, each one of them had the opportunity for distraction. Each one of them had the noises. Each one of them had the cares. And I started noticing there was one in particular um, I don't remember so much what she wanted us to pray for. I just remember my condition wasn't right for it. Because we had had a couple of distractions. And we had had a couple of side journeys. And we had had a couple of texts. When are they going to show up? Where are they? What did you find out? And so my care meter got heavy. And then she's like, well, just pray over it. Well, I've got a load of care. And with this load of care, my mind's racing, my heart's racing, and I'm trying to shut down and hook with God. And I had a terrible time with it. I had to get away. I had to get out away from there. And I had to lay all of that junk aside and say, Lord, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know right now what to do about it. But I know all of this care isn't helping me. All of this weight and this junk isn't helping me. And so I'm like, Lord, you said you we we could lay it on you. And I'm sorry, I picked it up. I know better. But Lord, here it is and I got it. I'm going to give it back to you. And it took a couple of minutes and then my heart calmed down. And then everything in me got settled a little bit. And then... I could go to the Lord. Then I could have confidence when I go to the Lord. All of that weight was gone. We could pray over something and agree on something and know God was going to cause it to come to pass. But I had to get rid of all of that care, all of that weight. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And verse 22, this is Paul talking, and I wanted to show you something with it. Um, This is his first part. He even says he's kind of rambling. Um, Are you a Hebrew? So am I. Are you an Israelite? So am I. Are you the seed of Abraham? So am I. Keep going. Are you a minister of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes more above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Keep going. Of the Jews, five times I received the 40 stripes save one. Keep going. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. I was a night and a day in the deep. Keep going. In journeys, often in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of mine own countrymen, perils by heathens, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils amongst false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watching often, in hunger, in thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things which are without... You see, for me, the weight that kept me from praying was in here. If I smash my finger or I bruise my knee, it doesn't stop me from praying. It's an outward thing. I hit my leg and I bruise for a minute or two. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, you got to fix that. That hurts really bad. But then it doesn't stop my heart with God. It doesn't separate me from God. 
I can have all kinds of bangs and beats and bruises and hurts. Those don't separate me. So when Paul wrote that, and I was reading it, can you put it back up? Besides those things that are without. You see, I think Paul was the same way. I think, yeah, I got beat, but it didn't separate me from God. I got this, but it didn't separate me from God. I could still pray. I could still minister. I could still love the Lord, hold Him up. Yeah, I got shipwrecked, but I didn't, I don't don't care. We floated around a little bit. We got picked up. He acts like that wasn't a deal. And then he says, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. That's that same care. That which comes upon me daily, the care of the churches, the weightiness on the inside within comes upon me. Go to the NASB, the New American Standard in that, if we have that. Apart from sex, such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concerns. You see, it's, it's a pressure on him. The other stuff, he's got beat up. He's been beat up before. He lists a whole bunch of stuff of when he got beat up. Those things didn't separate him from God. But this concern, this weight, the devil trying to draw him off course and separate him, that, the cares of this life, he labels separate from getting beat up, stoned, deaths often. How many of you can say that? I can't say that. Almost died over and over. I, I didn't have that happen. But for him, he separates that out and says, basically, those are kind of easy. It's the day to day, the constant barrage. And that's when in Peter, First Peter chapter 5, verse 9, that's when he says, Whom resists steadfast in the faith? Knowing those afflictions are common to all of us, but they're going to keep coming, but you have to resist it steadfast. You see, all of this construction stuff that was going on over there, we were hearing all of the junk. We were hearing every time you go to the store, oh, we can't get that in. We won't be able to get those for months. Hangers, metal brackets, Dan chased them down for me for the trusses and for different stuff. And they're like, oh, it'll be weeks and weeks. Praise the Lord, it came in in just a few days before we needed it. I mean, over and over and over, things like that happened. And you heard all of the stuff and you heard the bad report. But the Lord helped us to stay focused to stay hooked, to be able to not be drawn away and go, oh, the trusses are 22 weeks out. We'll never get those in. It may be October. The Lord helped us to stay and go, what is my other options? Lord, what else can we do? And we were able to call somewhere else and get them in seven weeks. The Lord did that for us because we didn't just throw up our hands and leave the house sitting there for three and a half months waiting on this other to come in when they wouldn't even give us an actual date or deadline. But the Lord helped us because we didn't get sidetracked. So Paul says all of this stuff about it. And i he's really one of my heroes. You know, if you look at the New Testament and you look at at least 13, possibly 14 books of the New Testament that he penned, um, Moses is the next closest in writing books of the Bible, and he had five. Paul is just pretty neat. And so I like reading about him. I like looking at it. But it amazed me this week when I saw that even Paul had a day-to-day. Even Paul had to stay focused and stay hooked. Go to Philippians. This is also Paul. Chapter 4. Verse 4. Now this is Paul, and I'm sure he's probably trying to remind himself as much as he is all of the rest of us. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Keep going. 
Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Then go on down to verse 8. Actually, we might as well read 7. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I think he was sitting there looking at all the churches and going, okay, I I can't handle, I don't want this care anymore. So I'm going to get rid of that care, like Peter said, and I'm going to think on all of the good things. I'm going to think about all of the people that got saved and healed and set free, and I'm going to think about all of the things God did, and And if there's anything that's praiseworthy, I'm going to do that. Well, again, this is kind of what we endeavored to do throughout that build was every time you heard the bad stuff, you had to go, yeah, but but God brought us a concrete guy in four days. God got us concrete from a different plant within a few hours. God did this. God did this. God did this. And thinking on those things to get your mind back so you're not off somewhere all by yourself where the enemy can play in his court. Glory to God. That's really the only only power he has over you is to get you to confess what he wants you to confess so he can stop you. If we would keep this thing closed most of the time, God could do more stuff for us. Glory to God. That was for me more than you. Um, let's look at Luke chapter 10 and verse 40. We know this. We hear about it every little bit. We know when the Lord says your name twice. You know. But Martha was cumbered about serving. And came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Verse 41. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. That is that same care word. You see, Martha, um, well, let's read it. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, verse 42, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So here you have in the same house, Martha filled with care. The enemy was able to distract her and separate her from the man of God being in her house, from the son of God being in her house, ministering the word, and she got distracted to where she's now angry at her sister. She's out of peace. She's now so distracted that Jesus, when she brings it up, has to tell her, there's one really important thing going on right here. You got careful, full of care. And Mary is focused on that one thing. Basically, you should be more like Mary for this moment. You see, over and over we see it through the Bible. The enemy being able to try to kind of track somebody a little off to the side. Well, he does it in all of our lives. All of us have different um, trigger points. Um, um, the, well, we'll go ahead. The movie up has the dog and he says his name. Hi, my name is squirrel. 
Hi, my name is so-and-so. Hi, and it takes him forever to talk to anybody because he's so easily distracted. And he looks this way and he looks that way. He is the perfect person for the devil, devil to pick on because every little thing draws him aside, makes him an easy target for the enemy. And so there's times for me that when I realized that I was an easy prey and I was easily over here in the field going, oh, oh shoot, we're supposed to be doing this. When I do that, I think, squirrel. <laughs> because now all of a sudden I'm back. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm supposed to be over here doing this. And so sometimes we have those moments. But if the Lord will, if you'll ask him, he'll help you. And when you get that care for a minute, you can dump it out real quick. And then you don't have to carry that care anymore. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to have Dan and Ethan come up here for just a minute, and they're going to help me. Um, I was trying to figure out a way for you to see visually the weight and the distraction that care of this world is, the cares of life. And so... They got picked to come and help me. I needed moral support, and they help me all the time. And we're, we're real good moral support. Whoever's better at whatever job gets to kind of lead, and the rest of us get to help. So we're going to set this up probably like that. We'll put that one over here. So this is the Lord. Ethan's actually going to hang out behind that one. And then this is life or the cares of this life. And Dan, well, he got up and something didn't go quite right. The phone rang and the way that lady talked to him just wasn't right. So he got a little miffed by it. And he got a little care. And so then he gets in his car to drive to work and that guy cut him off at the light. So he got a little more care. We're going to throw some care around. Thanks, Ethan. Well, a little later, he gets to work and they start asking questions. And, and he can feel the tenseness in it. And he got a little more care. And so all day long, every time something just graded him just a little... He got a little more care. And then he gets home, and him and Shireen disagree on something. So he got, had to drag in. And so he got a little more care. And so now he has at least some of his body, mind, soul, spirit focused on this care. And right now it doesn't seem like much. He lifts weights. He's strong. This is really light for him. But even as though it's light and maybe not noticeable, part of him is still engaged in it. He can't let go of it. It's with him everywhere he goes because it's in him. That care resides in there. And it stays in there. And that care affects how he goes about the re his next day. So his next day, when he gets up, that same little phone call that put about that much care in him the day before, now put that much more care in it today. Because the enemy's good at the pile-up technique. And so now he gets to work and they ask a question. Well, that question was more pointed than yesterday. Because he had more care from the day before. And then he gets a text and it has more capital letters than before. So now he's got more care. And, and then he gets a couple of questions and he can't get somebody else to answer the phone. So he doesn't have an answer. And normally 
it would be fine. But today, he had more care. And then he gets another call. And this one, they're mad. And so because they're mad, he gets a whole lot more care. Ethan, I'm going to keep you really busy, apparently. And so he gets all of this care and it weights him down. Now he's Ethan's buddy. And he might be Ethan's faith buddy. So now when Ethan has a situation come up and Ethan really needs some help and he needs some counsel and some guidance, he comes to Dan. Dan can't help him. He's not in a position because all of this entered care, all of this stuff weighting him down. He can't help Ethan with that decision. But all Dan had to do at any time was roll that care over on the Lord. And then once he rolled that care over on the Lord, this is now light and insignificant. You can put it behind your back. Now when Ethan needs help, he's free. He can help him. He can make that go away. And he's able to then focus. He's able to now pray unhindered. He's able to now um, produce fruit that'll remain. Now, the next day, he's helped Ethan. The next day, Dan learned something. And so he goes out and he gets cut off in traffic. And he gets a little care and he talks about it for just a minute as he's driving down the road. And then he goes, whoa, wait. I'm not designed to have care. So he rolls it over on the Lord. And it didn't mess his day up. Just a simple little deviation, but not enough that the enemy had him out in left field. But just enough to go, whoa, wait. I don't, I don't, I'm not designed for care. I don't have to carry care. God cares for me. He's made a way for me. He's made a way to take all of this and Him carry it for me so I can be lighthearted. Thank you guys. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to start in verse 18. We're all probably familiar with this, but I want to I want to read through verse probably 23. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one of us hears the word of the kingdom and understanding it not when any one heareth and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. You see how quick that happened? He read the word. He was preached the word. A friend of his came up and said, hey, God loves you. He didn't understand it. Immediately, that devil, that enemy got him sidetracked, got him away from it, distracted him from the truth, and stole it. Go to the next one. But he that receives the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and immediately with joy receives it, yet has he not root in himself, but endures for a while, for when temptation and persecution arise because of the word, he's offended. You see, that's kind of like when we get a little bit of care. And we get just a little bit and we're like, ah, that's enough with this God stuff. I tried tithing. I did it for a month and nothing happened. Nobody gave anything to me. Now I'm offended. And the enemy is able to steer you in a different direction and distract you and get you away. Go to the next one. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care same word, of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. You see, when Dan had that bucket, 
And it started getting weightier with the cares of this life. He was unfruitful. He couldn't help Ethan, even though Ethan needed help. But the cares of this life made Dan unfruitful. Made it to where he couldn't even hear from God to be able to help him. Or couldn't be able to to pray and to be able to, to commune with the Lord because of these cares. And he became unfruitful. Go to 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, sixty, and some thirty. You see, that's what the Lord's desire is for each of us. That, that we learn how to cast our care over on the Lord. That we don't go days and weeks and months carrying care. That we don't go for any length of time not being able to help your brother not being able to help your sister, not being able to pray over your job or pray for your, the workers around your job. Now, there's all kinds of cares in this life, and I'm going to run through some of them because some of you may not do construction. And so there might be a different care for you. And so... While I'm on the construction, one of my favorite verses is in um, Exodus chapter 31, verse 2. Let's look at it for just a second. Because there's a phrase that I don't like. It's very non-biblical. It may be a fact in the world, but it's not Bible. (laughs) That is um, where you're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I can do all things through Christ. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Keep going. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Keep going. To devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass. And in cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of timber to working all manner of workmanship. That's the scripture. Brother Moore a few weeks ago was talking about a scripture that he used all the time when he was studying for tests. That that one in uh, Isaiah chapter 11, um, where he gives you wisdom and understanding, makes you a quick study. For me, in construction, this is the one I use. If he did that to Bezalel in Aholiab, and he's no respecter of persons, no matter what we come in contact with, we should be able to have a a cunning of wisdom and a way to make it come about and to make it function. And so while we're on that, if you're in one of those jobs, and maybe they gave you a job you're not qualified for, Maybe they gave you a job that, that is, is beyond what you understand. Don't use your mouth in it. Don't say, I don't understand this. Don't say, I don't, I can't get this. This is above me. This is beyond me. Because if you're a believer and Jesus is on the inside of you, you are like he was on the earth. So you can do all things through him. He can make you a quick study. He can put your hands together to where you can build it and fix it or type it or whatever your job is. Whatever that entails, it's important to you. So it's important to your father. And he's no respecter of persons. Glory to God. Now let's put that other scripture back up there. (laughs) Do we know where I was headed? Um, ah, Matthew, what did you say, 13? 13. Maybe I, I may have turned it over. Brother Moore says, please stand by.
Um, let's go to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It's the next one after the one I was trying to, I was going to a second ago. When you're dealing with all of this stuff and, and they're trying to get you to, especially in the world, not hopefully so much in the church and with your friends, but they're trying to get you in a place to where it's going to cost you. They're going to try to get you in a situation to where you're led astray, you're led off to the side, and you're kind of focused on to be able to do something that they don't think you can do. You need to find scriptures. I use the one in Exodus. You need to find you one. This is one of them I had wrote down. Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So... I was trying to find something that no matter what part of life you're in, no matter whether you're in school, whether you're in a new job, an old job, whatever it is, this verse will help you to just say, I don't, I don't care what it is. I am able because I believe on Jesus to have and to be to where all things are possible for me in my life in what I'm doing right now. Now, what I was trying to get to was all of these cares that uh, everybody else might have. And so I wanted to read through some of them. Um, my wife helped me with a few of them. A couple other people had some suggestions and some stuff. And so you don't have to raise your hand. We're not doing a consensus or anything. But I want you to understand it can be so minor and still put weight between you and God. And so it can be like our job when the pavers were going to be three months out. It can be something like with Dan where somebody cut, cut you off in traffic or, or they won't take off at the light. Or it can be just congestion in the traffic. It's moving slow. There's a lot of tourists in town. That there can stop you from being able to hear from God. You can be so caught up in that for that moment of time... That's why a lot of people have the issues they have in traffic. They have a wreck and then a little ways on down the road, there's three more. Because somebody was upset and offended and had care from that last one. So they tried to make up some time on the next one. And then there's another one. Um, it can be anything from school. That guy wants to fight me. I don't, I don't know if they like me. I don't think that teacher likes me. I don't think all of those are cares. And, and they can be little. You know, the, the devil is like a roaring lion, but it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so um, Caleb one time, he was little, and we've shown examples of people that got pulled away. And uh, Caleb, when he was little, he had a bike and he took it over to some friend's house and they were moving stuff around and he had put his bike behind to load it and they didn't know it. So when they backed up, they ran over the bike and they're like, oh, Caleb, I'm so sorry. I ran over your bike and tore it up. He goes, it's OK. God can get me a new one. Isn't that amazing? No care. Not a moment of it. An immediate response of a big God. You see, nothing's too big for our God. Doesn't matter what it is or what your job is or, or what your, your scope of work is. If we can keep that care out of the way, we can come to God openly. We can come to God boldly. Um, what is that in First John? First John chapter 3 and verse 20. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because... We keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If we can keep 
our heart from care, we can reach the throne of God so much easier. Like me on that job, having to get away, to get away from the care, to be able to pray for something I should have been able to pray for. I just got distracted. I got pulled off to the side to where when I was called on to do something, I was in the wrong place. I had to go back and reset and get myself in a place to be able to be used, to be able to pray, to be able to minister, to be able to help. We have all of the tools available to us. God, um, <laughs> that, uh, that other care with the Lord. <laughs> I thought it was kind of neat. The God kind of care, the word is mellow. So God's kind of love care is mellow. So if you don't remember anything else, every time you start getting anxious, the God kind of love care is mellow. I thought that was the neatest thing when I was reading through there. It'll help you. Every time you get anxious, we use mellow, have for years, as a slang word. That guy's mellow. Well, the Lord is mellow. The Lord, His care is mellow. And that word, I just thought it was so neat. But it says, especially care and forethought. You see, God's always planned ahead of you. Care and forethought and interest rather than anxiety. Glory to God. So if you don't remember anything else, remember God's love's mellow. And anytime we get out of that, we know to stop. We know to get back and to get back focused on Him. Would you stand with me?